What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin. here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. What is up? We are back Sunday, November 26th. Episode 49. Uh-huh. Almost at 50, which is kind of crazy. I know. 50. We're about to drop 50, Bob? We're about to drop <laughs> a little 50, 50 Bob? burger. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. But uh, yeah, well, uh, we had a turkey day this past Thursday. Did you do a, a big dinner or anything or just kind of chill? No, nah, we chilled. And then yesterday, uh, I did a little Friendsgiving with Caleb. Uh, some of his friends came over. It was like a pretty light, um, like just a light thing. Saw some like, I saw an old friend, John from Sunset, uh, John Big. Uh, he's my year. That was really cool. I hadn't seen this guy in forever, right? We were like cool in high school. We I wouldn't say like we were like super close or anything, but we always knew each other. And then we like, we both looked at each other when I walked in. And I was like, no fucking way. And it was just <laughs> like, like really cool. Take. Yeah. And then we just all hung out. And then, you know, I left pretty late. And, and then I had a 13-hour work day today. Uh, you know, six hours of sleep. That was not a good idea. Uh, 10 out of 10, don't recommend, friends. Uh, get your sleep. <laughs> but yeah, yeah maybe not. I mean, it was chill. Don't recommend uh, sleeping half as much as your work shift. Yeah. Yeah, that is, um, <laughs> that's pretty healthy. That's a pretty healthy statement there, Doctor Amar. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I cooked my uh, my first turkey. Oh, how was it? Did you do? Did you actually stuff that motherfucker? Uh, I'm, I'm not like crazy. I did like the. <laughs> I mean, like dude, crazy. it's like it's real intimidating, you know. It is very intimidating. It's kind of um, gross. I was yeah, but I was kind of excited about it. It was like a, my challenge for myself because I, I I really I like cooking. I like thinking. Me too. Me too. Holidays. I enjoy cooking. No, that's mm-hmm. awesome, dude. It so, it was a bit. It was a big old turkey, right? No, small one, small one. Oh, I have you a did lot of people here. Just it was just uh, Brandon, my parents, and Alexa. So, oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, five people, little ten pounder. And, that's honestly uh, a pretty decent size for your first turkey, man. Right? Yeah, dude. But yeah. people get like 25, 30 pound turkeys. Do people get big turkeys? I know the ones that they sell, like just like out of Freddy's, would be like twenty five pounds, and it's like frozen. It's like cook me. Yeah, I, I didn't I'm get like, a frozen one because I don't want to worry about thawing that thing for like a week. We, you know? <laughs> yeah, it takes forever to thaw that space, bitch, you know. Yeah, definitely. But uh, no, it was a good time. Fun times were had by all. Nice. Uh, but yeah, let's let's move into the basketball talk. This will be like a, I won't say like a short episode, but we're gonna kind of like we're gonna talk efficiently, folks. Yeah, let's do it's this. late, and as Andy said, he's been working for thirteen hours, so we're gonna we're just gonna hit some shit that we want to hit. That's my commitment, baby. I love you, you <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I just I, I like having the the time to to chat too, like with a little late night late night yeah. ball talk, you know. I and I know honestly, it's like after this, you know, it's just like it's whatever, you know. It's, it's nice to it's it's nice to decompress on ball because it we both love it so much, you know what I mean? Exactly, that's what it's for. That's what it's for. That's what sports exactly. are here for. Exactly. So uh, let, let's uh, let's get right into it, man. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I went and looked at the standings just to kind of take a little snapshot of like where we're at right now. And two things, actually, I, there was a third that I didn't mention to you on our little little rundown. So three things that that really stood out to me 
two in the east, one in the west. So let's first just give Orlando Magic their flowers. They are currently on a seven-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're second in the Eastern Conference right now at 12 and 5. This is a team that last year started like 5 and 20 or something crazy like that. So yep. a complete 180. Franz is not even really shooting the ball that well, and they're doing this, and it's really behind the best defense in the league. Like over yeah. that seven game stretch, they have had the best yeah. defense in the league. In the league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, have you watched much of the map? I mean, I mean, we had them as our spin cycle team first. Yeah. But since then, no, have you watched much of them or been able to catch Mostly the- like uh, mostly highlights and stuff, and really like specifically player highlights, you know, like um, Paulo looks really refined. Um, because like in the beginning he was he was starting kind of rough. Both him and Franz were having kind of like shaky games here and there, but he's like really coming to form. I think in the last like five or six games, he's been like averaging like twenty five and like eight, like something just like super hyper efficient. Um, and he's then I've been well too. Paolo, like I mentioned, Franz struggling with the shot, but Paolo, like unlike last year, actually shooting the ball yeah. real well from range too. Yeah, and then the other thing is just watching Jalen Suggs, your guy. Right. We've been and I wanted to give you your flowers because you're like, don't give up on him. You know what I mean? And he's kind of getting his shot a little bit. I mean, still like he's not a lights out shooter. Right. But what I really like is point of attack defending is scary. Like, I don't know if he just he has like he has something like wrong in his brain. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, like, a trigger there, and he can Dude, get he hyped. like he's diving on, like, a pillow, but it's hardwood. Yeah, and <laughs> he's it's... He's on the floor a lot. And we're 17 games into the season, and it's just, like, that That really makes me feel good about him because it's, like, sometimes, like, it's a long season. Even for fans, it's kind of hard to, like, maybe get motivated to watch. But for him to be able to stay motivated this early, just... Yeah, I'm just going to like dog every night is really cool. And he's also relentlessly driving to the rim, um, which I think is really, really nice because it really pushes the tempo for the magic. I think that's what makes it that much harder for them to guard because they have so many pieces that within two passes or two steps to the basket, somebody's scoring. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's really refreshing because last year, sometimes the magic offense would stagnate a little bit. Um, especially in the uh, uh, if it wasn't like a fast break and they had to like run a play, it just kind of looked gross. So I think now they're doubling down on pace, which I mean, it's it's really nice because they're all young. You know, what I mean, they can do that. They can actually outrun teams, and yeah. uh, it's it's nice to have Paulo and all these pieces around him to lead the helm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I, like you mentioned, like when they do stagnate on offense, because there still are those moments. Like they're they're a really young teams, so that they're going to have the growing pains more so on offense, right. I think. Um, but on defense, they've been able to. I saw a stat like just hold teams to one shot each possession. I think they average the fewest field goals attempted against them, and that just shows. I think they're one of the top five teams in rebounding too, both offensive and defensive. Um, and that just shows like with the size they have, it's really starting to pay off, right? It's, it's been a movement yeah. we've seen around the league that you want these really big guards, jumbo size wings, and you're kind of like playing six six through seven feet throughout the lineup, which creates remember all how many nightmares. Do you remember the memes that we were shitting on the magic for years 
of drafting. Like just draft like long athletic. Like- long athletic. But it just needed to work with the pieces. Like they just needed to fit. You know what I mean? Like I understand mm-hmm. they were probably like, you know, like they were like, fuck it. Like we'll we'll draft Mobamba. We'll draft Jonathan Isaac. We'll, we'll just keep drafting big. And then Suggs, obviously, and then they acquired Markel, right? And then they started they filling it Wendell out Carter a little bit more. Too, been really and Wendell Carter, I he's been hurt. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. Even and, they go get like a Goga Batazda, who's like they got him from yeah. the Pacers, I think, just because he never really panned out for for Indiana. Dude, but, like, he had a pretty cool these, game. He had a pretty yeah, cool dude, game. Just able the other to day. get all these guys that that fit like like you say the mold that that they want, and I want to. I, I feel like they're kind of. Kind of I, I, not for long, right? But like a forgotten young team, like they kind of right. have a similar trajectory that an OKC does, right? Or right. Like a, I don't know. We, we're starting to talk about San Antonio with Wemby, um, or like all these different teams, right? Yeah, they're young cores, and I think they kind of get forgotten. Um, and like they're, I just looked at it. Their average age is twenty four. Like they're the fourth youngest team in the league, and they're already starting to do this. So it's like they're ahead of schedule. And if they do fall off even a little bit from here, like they're already on like the sort of playoff trajectory, they're going to, well, most likely at least bare minimum have play in games, have a playoff series, have games that like have some stakes, which is going to be great for this young squad as they move forward. And, you know, in 2025, 2026, hopefully they are competing for championships like they want to be because I think they really are on the path. Right. And you know what's cool about Orlando too is if players are out, they have a lot of players that are just smart basketball players, kind of plug and play. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, like Markel's out. Like, that's fine. Like, we'll throw Cole Anthony. We'll throw Anthony Black. Like, Anthony Black has been awesome. Yeah, dude. He, it's really cool. Um, and it's interesting because, like, even for example, like Jet Howard, right, this year, the 11th pick, not getting was minutes. Not high but on I, him. I remember it from our draft. So. Right. But I'm sure at some point, He's probably going to get minutes and might look good. Like, and it's funny because last year too, you know who I was kind of high on uh, that I'm kind of sad isn't really getting as many minutes. But I I, I liked Okiki, um, and I, I just I feel like there are better players on the team at his position, right? But it's just kind of cool if that's how deep your roster is. It's pretty sick to have, yeah. you know. No, exactly. the The future is bright for for Orlando, which I haven't been able to say in a while. Um, let's talk about a team where the future is looking a little bit bleak. I feel like we're kind of just like mm. revis- I'm unintentionally like revisiting our spin cycle teams, but dude, the Detroit Pistons have lost 13 games in a row. Oh God, yeah. And I yeah. I learned from TikTok. God bless. I don't know how people learn things before TikTok, <laughs> but right. uh, I learned a lot about their front office and just kind of like how they're structured and just how fucked it is. Um. Like their director of player development is the GM's son, whose only experience is like a media internship and like a brand ambassador, nothing related to basketball. Right? Oh God! And like their trainer doesn't really have—I don't remember if it's trainer or someone else on the staff, right or front office, right? Just is similar about just like ne- total nepotism hire with no experience. Like I understand the NBA and all sports in general are kind of like nepotism central right you get jobs right. through friends and family and sons and so you know daughters and whatnot yep. right like that's how yep. all of it happens but it's usually like they already have experience and they like do some stuff you know grind a little bit 
to show that they're in it. In Detroit, it just seems like people were given stuff. Troy Weaver, their GM, has been awful as far as putting this team together. We talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago. It's just like it's too many bigs. There's no wings. There's no spacing for Cade to to operate right now, and it's and that's like why all, he's like, that's why he's turning the ball over so much. It's not even yeah, his fault. Half so the time, much on it, his plate, and it's just yeah. it, it's an ugly, ugly watch right now. And like you combine the roster construction with the poor coaching from Monty Williams right now, I like, and I, I think the the mismatch guy said it really well. Like he's a great person, great human being, leader of men, but some of the X's and O's and like lineup management stuff that he's doing is just straight up stupid for right. like what this team's goals should be like J- the benching of Jade Ivy, who's right. arguably even more than Cade, like their best dynamic ball handler. Depending yeah, on I it. agree. Right. I agree. So some of the decisions have just been downright stupid, like, and it's starting to show like you had the Cade injury last year as an excuse to just tank again. But like, we just talk about the magic, right? Like Paolo is in his second year, Franz is in his third year, and they're already showing something. So Cade's in his third year, effectively a second because of the injury. Like him, not, it's not just him, but him along with the lineup and the other team teammates like need to start showing that they have something together, and they have shown absolutely nothing. They blow leads. It's horrible defense. The bench sucks. There's like a few exciting pieces, but it's just it's a mess. It it really hurts me to say at times that like your rookie is sometimes your best player. Like Asar Thompson sometimes is and he the can't best shoot. fucking player. He's a, and foot, he can't he's a shoot. foot short on every jumper he shoots, and he may be one of their like he's maybe their second best player. Best player. Yeah, dude. And it's what I hate is like I we've seen Things that do work. Like when Cade, Asar, and Jalen Duran are playing. I mean, dude, I, you should be playing Duran 34 minutes a game. Like, I don't I don't think he should be behind Stewart. Like, and I just think And he's been he, hurt, so there's some of that. He's been hurt, that which is fair. Um, but fully healthy, you you gotta like that's kind of where it's like weird when you talk about the bigs. Like, I completely agree with you. I kind of feel like, in a sense, like Monty's trying to feel things out a little bit more than he should. I think this is a little bit less of a situation where you need to make it like, you don't have to make it so complicated, dude. Jalen Duran is the best big on this team. And when he's healthy, he should be playing 34 minutes a game with Cade. And, you know, like have everybody else come off the bench and then have them fight for, you know, the second unit. But here's the thing, though, is Duran isn't probably never really going to be a, a three-point shooter in the NBA. Never. So you run into that sort of issue. Like, how, how do you have Cade, Asar Thompson, and Duran on the court at the same time? I, I know. That's what's tough, dude. It's hard. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and it goes back to, like, who the fuck put this team together? Front office, right. Pro Weaver, in this fucking mess, right? Like, It is a mess, dude. And there's, like, such, yeah. there's a lot of talent, but none of it I fits agree. together. They need, yeah, like, there's a no real cohesion. backup point guard. Yeah, a real the, backup point guard. They need some yeah. actual, like you know, who would be really good for this team? Like it's McConnell. not like a great player, but a Harrison Barnes like type of player would be great. Like, <laughs> I, or, or I like think a, uh, I think a TJ McConnell would a be TJ nice. TJ McConnell, too. yeah, like a TJ Warren. <laughs> yeah, 
Could you imagine they got Bubble Warren? Oh, oh God, man. Like I miss Bubble Warren, bro. That was one of the best memes of all time. <laughs> it looks like an AAU team playing in the NBA sometimes. Like how the Rockets looked the last couple of years before Udoka got there. It just yeah, it looks like a mess. But enough enough uh, Pistons talk. Unless you had something else you need to say. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm good on them. We need to poo-poo on them a little bit more. That's nah, okay. Um, Just looked. They have not won a game since October 28th, coming up on a month. It's never good. But, That's uh, fucking depressing, dude. <laughs> that is actually depressing. Like it's so insane. That's insane. Yeah. Um. So let's let's move to the West and a team that I don't think like anything. We shouldn't be like ringing the alarm bells or anything. But the Denver Nuggets are now. I guess they did win today against the Spurs. But uh, starting today, they were five and five in their last ten. Um, most of the, all of that without Jamal Murray, right, uh, with his hamstring injury, and what we talked about in like our preview show, where we were like, it was a common theme where like I think me and you were concerned about the depth for a lot of these really good teams that sort of went all in, like the Celtics and the Bucks and the Nuggets, right. Like, yeah. what if what if an injury does happen? Like, what do you do here? And we're kind of seeing it with the Nuggets. Like, you, yeah, you have the best player in the world, right? But you, who you have to rely on outside of that, like Christian Brown, Aaron. I mean, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. are there. They're great players, but it's Christian Brown, Julian Strother, like Reggie Jackson, who's th- thirty four, I think. <laughs> Like it's yeah. it's just kind of not the best situation, and Jokic is always going to elevate everyone around him. I think, and they're going to get wins. Right. Like that's, I mean, a, a non like a team like this that doesn't have a Jokic is probably like two and eight in their last ten. Mm-hmm. But just wanted to bring it up that like they, this team needs a Jamal Murray back. Uh, yeah, and we'll kind of uh, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like because i don't know if this is like a one seed sort of team right now i don't know if you agree yeah um i think you kind of go down the roster and that's a very key point with Jokic is he will make any player in the world look good because he's such an offensive hub um i think part of that too is like even for example like Reggie Jackson being the backup point guard right now with Jamal out, he looks pretty good, like in terms of like attacking the basket um, and creating shots for himself as a shot creator. But like the fact that Reggie is your kind of starting point guard right now kind of worries me. I also think we have to start really seeing Michael Porter. Uh, maybe that's just me and my kind of. Maybe I'm being a little. Uh, I was like much more hopeful for Michael Porter to really be like a true three at times in terms of like scoring output. Um, And I don't know why, but over the past like year and a half, I felt that like Michael's shooting has sometimes like, especially in the playoffs last year, like kind of fell off dramatically. Um, I don't know if that has to do something with, you know, his long-term back issues or like anything of the sort. I know that he's really stepped up on defense and showed in the playoffs, but if Jamal's out, I would hope 
that like Michael could really step up and give you like 25. He's an amazing shooter. The only thing that stops him from shooting is himself, quite frankly, you know. Um, but it's just like sometimes I feel like I don't see that as much. And like Aaron Gordon is just Aaron Gordon. He's always going to be taking like the toughest defensive assignment. So you can't expect him to like jump his scoring output to help and support Jokic in the same way. His assignments are just like so much tougher than anybody else on the team other than Contavious Caldwell-Pope for the guard position. So I, uh, I definitely understand what you meant. Like if you kind of go down the line here, you know, if, if Zeke Naji is essentially the backup center at this point, and DeAndre Jordan hasn't, he's played one game. Yeah, you know, he's like he's kind of done at this point. He's done. You know, like he's a veteran to, of course, keep the locker room ready. But dude, that that is real lack of depth, dude. And Jokic has been a prime example of health up to this point in his career. But if something were to happen, dude, dude, this I don't team, even want to think about it. Dude, this team because he's, he's one of those players where you actually like you don't even consider it, right? You know, no, no, but, I don't. But like, yeah, he's been healthy for like three straight, three straight years. MVP level years. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, knock, knock on wood. I don't even want to put that in the air. But yeah, I know. You do start to, I guess, you do think about it, right? If he is forced to do more for an extended period of time, period of time, right? it could be a huge strain on his body. I mean, he's so big. You know what I mean? He really does run the floor too. I know it's kind of sloppy. <laughs> I always laugh yeah, when I he's watch. He's up and down for sure. Like and, he's up and, and down he's, for sure. Plays yeah. a lot on defense, and I think his reputation gives. Yeah, it. yeah. But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's a, it's a little worrisome for the Nuggets. I'm sure if Jamal gets back, they'll get you know the machine running again. Um, but they look there's a chink in the armor right now, and I think a lot of teams in the West are trying are hungry for it. You know what I mean? Come playoff time, we'll see how all the health and, you know, if they still look unstoppable and have the best ball movement in the NBA. So, yeah. I mean, that's not going away as long as Jokic is there, right? So, right. I think that the, you get Jamal back, you get Jamal back, you don't really worry about an early season stumble. And I think like they're almost honestly probably at the point now where they're just like, get us to the playoffs. We'll be fine. Yeah. But definitely. But I wanted to bring it up just because it's weird to see the Nuggets like, have a stretch like that in the last couple of years. So we will be, uh, I'll be kind of watching their games or at least trying to catch the the recaps here going forward this next couple of weeks, especially as Jamal's right. getting back. Um, let's move to in-season tournament because lo, lo, lo. I, don't, I don't think we've given this, uh, it's just due. It's actually been really exciting, I think. And the games are actually sick as fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I, I know we kind of make fun of the courts and stuff and like, they're kind of goofy, but like, yeah, like the, the actual product of basketball is really good. Yep. And you can tell that, I mean, dude, we were talking about it. It's like you put hyper competitive people in a competitive situation, they're going to care. So like, regardless of you, like earlier, you mentioned the fact that, uh, LeBron, LeBron's cheap ass is, uh, only caring about this for the 500 K. Like, so it's annoying. Not, it's competitive, buy- competitive people. Just buy your Spotify premium, bro. Like, <laughs> God damn it, dude. <laughs> like, like, we gotta love gotta, them. Gotta love them, though. They're 4 0. Always, man. They're 4 0, man. <laughs> but uh, let's recap like the general rules for the in season tournament. So there are 
six groups of five teams in each group. All teams play the other four teams um, in their group one time. So each team will play four games in the group stage. Then at that point, uh, the top team in each group will move forward and the two best records, or I guess the next two best teams won't go into the tiebreakers, uh, move on as well. And then it's just kind of like a bracket style tournament from there with those eight teams uh, where the final championship game will be played in Las Vegas, I think December 9th or something like that. So we're actually kind of like coming up on it, the mm-hmm. like the climax of this whole experiment. Um, so at this stage, two teams have clinched their groups. That is the Indiana Pacers, who went 4-0 in East Group A, and the Los Angeles Lakers, who went 4-0 in West Group A. And... I'm assuming you have the standings pulled up too. Yep, I do. Um, and when you click on the wild card one, it kind of looks like the other two leaders or like group group winners will most likely be the Bucks and the Magic in the East. Yep. yep. Barring something unforeseen. Um, and then in the West, Phoenix is probably going in. The Pelicans are probably going in. The Kings are probably going in. I'm gonna assume the Timberwolves are going to get a wild card spot and the Phoenix Suns will get the other one. So it's like Lakers, Suns, Pelicans, Kings, Timberwolves from the West, most likely. Yep. And then in the East, it's like a little bit more murky, but obviously the Pacers, I'm assuming the Bucks get in. I'm going to assume the Magic get in. And then from here, it's like, could be the Knicks. I don't really know. I don't even know how to predict the wild cards. No, but it's like, weird. It could be the Knicks, the Cavs. I'm I mean, assuming the Celtics are going to get in. Yeah, no, they should. But they, you have to look at the point to differential too, right? For some yeah, of these tiebreakers. The so like, yeah. the Knicks are probably most likely. Um, yeah, I don't know. So like, let's see. Let's, the way I want to phrase this, like, kind of do this like a little bit quickly before we go to our spin cycle stuff. Talk some jazz. Yep. Um. If you look at the East, the East teams, like who do you feel like would be the favorite? And like, I feel like we have to look at this like a little bit different because they are just like regular season games at the end of the day. That's not like a full series. Um, so when you look at the Pacers, the Bucks, the Magic, the Knicks, Cavs, like who do you who do you think is like a favorite to come out of that that group, like that bracket? You know the matchups, but. The Pacers, uh, I don't know, probably the Bucks or the Pacers. I kind of lean Pacers too. And yeah. I think just because of what you highlighted, and I don't know if it was last week's episode or two weeks ago, but just like their their pace in like a in a one so game fast. sudden death sort of thing. Like depending on schedule too, because like the other regular season schedule is kind of built into this. So like you get an extra game thrown in for your championship game or whatever game you have to play might rest and stuff may be a factor and i think like a a team that's scoring 130 points a game <laughs> uh is going to be favored in a lot of that stuff i think it'd just be kind of cool for indiana to win it yeah um it you know what's crazy i i think the pacers have as a collective as a team have the shortest memory in the nba be a goldfish it is 
the embodiment of a goldfish, actually, because it's it's so fast. If they get scored on, it it just doesn't matter. They're already moving on, like to the next play, push up. And honestly, Tyrese is playing like an all NBA guard. Like he, uh, <laughs> it's just so funny because like his jump shots funny, and and you know like. People were saying, oh, is he ever going to be like an explosive scorer? And he's demonstrated that he is absolutely an explosive scorer, but he's also probably the best passer in the NBA. Uh, So with that, and then the fact that anytime you play the Pacers, you can't double Tyrese because it's a bucket. It's an instant bucket if you you double Tyrese. Yeah, Yeah, at the guard position, it's very similar because it's so quick. You have so many cutters too, which is real nice. Uh, and I think the pieces around Tyrese works very well for this kind of like in-season tournament kind of like feel for it. You know what I mean? Like he could just run and gun. And that's what's exciting too. I agree. If the Pacers were to win, that'd be really, really awesome. Because yeah. this is like, I like fast basketball. You know what I mean? It's like cool. Like, Sure, Pacers can't really get too many stops at the other end, but fuck it, we're just gonna keep going. And, <laughs> and yeah. that's that's I like that a lot from a young team too and a young yeah. leader. And on the other end of it, like when you start looking at the West groups, I think I kind of gravitate to the Kings for the same exact reason, right? Yeah, like, they play fast too. They play know? fast, um, and they also have like the size. To, to give you some trouble, right? With like Keegan and Barnes on the wings and obviously Sabonis yeah, in the, the middle. Sabonis, um, yeah. So I kind of like the Kings. I like just because the Suns have been playing ridiculous, both Booker and Durant playing like MVP level basketball these last couple weeks. Yeah. Even more so Durant than, than Booker. Dude, like, Durant's crazy right now. They, they definitely got to be considered, but like, my dream matchup, like I'm going to put my Laker fandom aside right now. Obviously, I want right. the Lakers to win every game that they're in. But like, I would love to see the Kings-Pacers matchup purely because of the drama of the trade, too. Oh, like, yeah. I think a lot of, like, we already kind of forgot, right? Because yeah. the Kings started doing so well and Halliburton's been doing so well. We're just kind of a win-win right now mm-hmm. for both teams. Right. But there's going to be like a reckoning whatever years down the line where people come back and look at it and go, damn, would that, which team got fleeced? And it'll be totally based on like accolades at that point, like which team has done better. Right. Um, so I just think that whole, that whole narrative for what a Kings Pacers, you know, inaugural in season tournament championship game would mean would be really cool. And it also to me, I don't know if we'll get we'll get this, but it totally makes sense for the in-season tournament like championship round to be showcasing young stars to me. Oh yeah. And that's like total chance agree. if we get it, but it just makes sense that like the flashy new thing, you know, a new tournament would be headlined by a De'Aaron Fox, a Tyrese Halliburton, like an Anthony Edwards if the Timberwolves get in. Uh, and go far um a zion, zion a zion like that's who i'm kind of eyeing to because honestly the pelicans look kind of fucking nasty i'm i'm not as high on them right now 
just because like they don't have CJ. He's hurt with like the collapsed lung. Um, and I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sold. I'm sold on Zion, but I'm not sold on like what the Pelicans are doing like as a whole right now. I like Dyson Daniels. Um, I did too. getting inserted. And there's um, there's talk right now about if right now because there's a lot of chemistry at the moment with the Pelicans with Dyson as the starting point and being a good point of attack defender. If CJ comes back, does it come off the bench? Um, but uh, that's tough. I, tough to I do think that's bet. tough because like CJ has proven to be a starting one or two in this league, and he, but. I just really, I, I have, I'm a little higher on the Pelicans than I thought I was going to be this season. Um, and uh, I think just no a surprise Zion to me show. because you have Brandon Ingram on your fantasy team. Yeah, and Ingram's been doing well. Uh, but I'm super <laughs> high on Zion right now. If Ingram's doing well, Andy is happy and he loves the Pelicans. Yeah. Ingram's <laughs> hurt for 25 games because of a stub toe. I am not a Pelicans fan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think for in-season tournament stuff, like the last games of the group stage are going to be on Tuesday um, when this podcast is releasing. Right. Uh, And we'll have to do like a full breakdown when we do our next episode of like where we're at in the bracket. Maybe like a full IST episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hope for our sake that whatever spin cycle team we get for this next week is like doing well in the in-season tournament. It's not like eliminated because that would be really cool. Because honestly, all the teams that we got, except the Magic, even when we were watching the Magic, they weren't doing that good and now they got their shit together. Um, I really do hope we get a good team because it's been kind of like It's been bleak. It's it been bleak. Has. And this is actually it kind has. of a perfect segue um, to talk about the spin cycle. Oh, talk about the Utah Jazz. Oh, gosh. Um, we finally got a win. We finally got to watch a win. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's just kind of give some context on on where the Jazz sit. I I noted down a whole bunch of stuff like when the week started and then today. So when we started this uh, on November nineteenth, the Jazz were four and eight. With during our week with them, they went one and three. Uh, three straight losses and then rounded it out with a win. Yep. Um, and I believe that win was against the New Pelicans two yeah. days ago. Yep. Yesterday. Dude, that game went down to the fucking wire. That shit was crazy. Yeah, real close game. Um, but before that, they had lost to the Suns. And I, I mean, that's a crazy game. They went to double OT. Crazy yeah. tip in by, by Clarkson. Like, crazy shots all around so that was like you know that could have been anyone's game it sucks um, because the game before they lost by three to phoenix <laughs> yeah same dude yeah, like same it was shit. just was it, i think it that might have been dumb. ot too no that wasn't ot but it, it was it was okay. 131 to 128 in regulation this shit was mm. insane it's crazy score dude i know but um then they get their like get the brakes blown off them by the lakers lost by like 30 35 almost i think no dude they lost by wait Two no th- no you're right thirty two they lost 32. by thirty two <laughs> and then and then they lose to the Blazers who that made me feel good yeah good I mean we liked it but yeah we did and losing to the Blazers right now as a team that's like trying to do anything is not great 
Yeah, it's a really bad look. They're figuring stuff out right now. And then, as we just mentioned, they round out the week, finally get a win, improve to 5-11 and on the year with a 105-100 win versus the Pelicans. Um, Let's start with the good. I've been kind of bad at this because we've been getting shit teams. So I'm going to just say the good stuff that I have. Real quick. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll bounce off you if, if you yeah. don't already cover everything that I said. Or you um, said. Yeah. I do love the youth movement with Keontae George. Mm. Uh, excited for Walker Kessler coming back. Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of the struggles have been because they've been without Walker Kessler. He had like an elbow yeah. sprain in one of the first couple games of the season. He's only played nine games this year. Um, And we didn't really watch him at all except for that. That one win they had against the Pelicans, he was back coming off the bench. Yep. Um, so I do think he has been and will be throughout the rest of the season a very important piece and a potential like all defensive player for the rest of his career. His defensive impact has been like stellar, really impressive. Definition of a rim protector, like actually, absolutely. Though. <laughs> um, yeah. They are a really, really good rebounding team. And mm-hmm. I think that's because of the size. I know that they're number two in rebounding in the whole league. And their offense just kind of like it makes sense. Like I I like it when I watch it. Um, I was rewatching some of the game recaps today. And I like they get open shots. They get a lot of three pointers. They have capable shooters in my mind. They're not hitting their shots. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you look at a Jordan Clarkson, Laurie Markinen is still playing like an all-star dude he's he's nice or he's nice colin sexton is a good scorer i mentioned the youth movement i've been really impressed with Keontae george and his scoring ability although he's been inefficient that's just rookie shit though so they they get good shots and they have the like the when i see these two stats like number two in rebounding and then they're eight in terms of three pointers made and three pointers attempted so they get the shots up and they make a good chunk of them from three-pointer like to me, that's the makings of a really good regular season team, like we saw last year. As long as you can even be like average on defense. But for some reason, they're not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank for you. I'm glad reason, you came back to that. They are not a good defensive team. And that probably comes back to Kessler. <laughs> but like when you look at all of it on paper, like some of the stats don't even make sense. Like, Number two in rebounding. Here, let me let me get back and pull some of this shit up. They they're God, they're twenty seventh in defense. They're twenty seventh in defensive rating, but like number five in defensive rebounding uh, for opposing. Like they they box out well. They're number four in opposing rebounds. They don't allow too many turnovers. They don't foul too much. They move the ball really well. They're eighth in assists. Like they have decent pace. They're pretty middle of the road there. And like, I just don't get it sometimes. Like when I watch it, I'm just like, this should be like a perfectly decent 10 seed. (laughs) You know, like this should be like, this should be a play in team. Like they should be like last year. They're kind of like they beat teams. They're not supposed to every once in a while. And all the games are competitive. They probably cover the spread a lot. But this team just like sucks when you watch them. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, 
It was abysmal watching this. Uh, uh, okay, I'll I'll piggyback. I'll try to say some positive things before we kind of go in a little bit. Um, I like how they play inside out a little bit, right? When you have, and it's cool. It's like not Kelly Olynyk thing to sometimes be on the elbow, but Laurie being on the elbow, John being on the elbow and being able to make a decision of whether kicking out or hitting a cutter, I think is really cool for that kind of interchangeable bigs. It's kind of weird because they're not like true bigs. A lot of them are like power forwards technically, but there's some size in there. Um, I also do like the stretching of the floor when Laurie and Kelly are on the floor together. That's where the shooting kind of looks like there's some potential there, right? When you interchange the guards. Um, Like you said, Sexton's a good scorer. I think he's very dynamic in that way. He's still really fast, and he has an amazing first step. Clarkson sometimes looks like baby Jordan, and I love it. Uh, He's just always going to be a heat check guy, and I'm just always going to love Clarkson from the baby Laker days because, you know, he's... He's he's our baby, you know, and uh, Keontae George. I just wanted to give him his praise. Um, he definitely looks like the best table setter on this team. Uh, and he, I he ha- he like he passes the eye test for sure. Mm-hmm. He yeah, looks that's so fluid definitely when he plays. Yeah, he's he's never like super out of rhythm. You know what I mean? He just you know just lets things flow. I like that. Um, and uh, oh. One person that I'm really high on still, I was high on him last year, even though he wasn't getting as much playing time, but Ugbaji. Yeah, um, I figured you were going to mention him. Just because I know he's not getting as many minutes right now, but he's really trusted to guard some of the, you know, like scores. He's really taking on some like bigger defensive assignments. That you actually you remind know? me, uh, Will Hardy, the head coach, actually just had a quote um, this during this past week where he mentioned. Uh, Agbaji's. Yeah, I struggle to say his name. Agbaji's. Yeah. O- um, Ochai Agbaji. <laughs> what a man! Um, but he mentioned that he doesn't even care if he's having those offensive struggles because they just want him to be a, like a real defensive stopper. Like they yeah. understand that yeah. that's his value, and they want him yeah. to focus on that end. And that's that's where his bread will be buttered, basically. And yeah. To not really worry about, like, uh, still work on it, you know. Like, he's, I'm sure he's working on being a corner three point shooter. Yep. But, like, yep. he's been super impressive. It's kind of yeah. in his head sometimes, I think. Like, you can see he's thinking. And I, uh, like, even with that win over the Pelicans, down the stretch, Agbaji was in to solely stop Brandon Ingram. And he was doing a reasonable job. Like, I mean, Brandon Ingram's like an amazing scorer. And, and and to be able to trust a second year to just be like, look, he's got inches on you, and you're like two, three inches shorter. But you, he's very um he's like a disciplined defender. You know what I mean? He'll he'll just keep the person in front and honestly, if that's what you're gonna put him in for, I really like that. You know what I mean? And if he becomes a like a corner three point shooter, it's gonna fit the Herb Jones kind of you know, mold it's of good player. Comparison. Yeah. And so I think that that's a nice positive highlight for Utah. Yeah. And that's, but everything else you said is just exactly how I feel. So let's, let's move to kind of the, the not so great stuff that we saw. Um, oh God. And there's quite a bit, unfortunately. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that is like super glaring to me is they turn the ball over a lot. I didn't even look at the stats, but when I'm watching it, it just feels like they they're always making errant passes. And I actually went and looked at the stats. They have the most turnovers per game in the league at 30th. Um, And I think that is probably what leads to a lot of the like negative defensive metrics for the team, both the team and some of the players like individual defensive plus minus because they give up so much, so many transition baskets because of it. Dude, I was going to say, Utah transition defense without Walker Kessler looks like the worst transition defense in the league. Because it's like everyone is so committed in the position in offense that when the turnover happens, it doesn't even matter if everybody runs back. There's just going to be one person. Quick, easy pass layup. It's like clockwork for Utah. Um, And that's where it's like if Walker Kessler was playing... Like maybe if he's dropped back a little bit, maybe he he could be there. But that's I'm glad you highlighted it because that was so glaring to me. It was like when they turned the ball over, it was a bucket mm-hmm. on the other end. Um, yeah, and, it was it was gross. And then the other thing I want to mention is just again highlighting like the poorest defense. Is I went back and just kind of looked at like kind of our. Uh, four games that we watched during the week we had with them, but also just kind of like the whole month of November because it's been, we caught them in the middle of a losing streak. So I went back and was like, they've played 12 games in November so far. In eight of them, they have allowed over 120 points, which is kind of ridiculous. I know I knew, like that's kind of the modern NBA now, right? There's, there's with how many three-pointers are taken, you're going to allow crazy amount of points like we mentioned earlier the pacers average over 130 right now so it's there there is that kind of like context with it um but when you see stuff like that then it happens over and over and over and over again in a streak like that it just kind of feels like it's effort and that's something else that i noticed and i was kind of like using uh, one of their beat writers as kind of like my gospel throughout the week his name is andy larson it's like the Salt Lake Tribune um, and totally jazz focused. And he actually highlighted um, right before the Pelicans game, they, I don't know if you noticed, had a completely different starting lineup. That wasn't just because of like rest and injuries and stuff. They took out a few like key guys just because the coaching staff felt like they were not working hard on defense at all. Mm. Um, so they played... Uh, like Omer Yurt seven and yeah. Chris Dunn a lot more yeah. um, in that game. And yeah, he really played 19 minutes. It. He played 19 minutes. And like, honestly, Chris Dunn, it sucks because last year, dude, like Chris was playing really, really, really good defense. Yep. Um, and he's a leader on the team too. Like uh, there yeah. was another point where uh, that, that Andy Larson brought up where uh, someone recorded like Keontae George having like a real down moment, just like he could shooting really poorly in a game and you could see him like didn't want to give any high fives kind of sulking on the bench. And it's Chris Dunn that goes up and talks to him and it's like, Hey man, like you're, you're the guy, like you got to get out of this. You're, we believe in you yeah. type shit. So yeah. like, you see the leadership from him. Um, but like he, Chris Dunn isn't someone who should be playing 25 minutes a game for your team at this yeah. stage in his NBA career should be more of a locker room presence and like a backup 
you know, 10 to 12 minutes per game and actually yeah. be action. The reason yeah. they have to do that too, I went and looked at it. I was like, okay, what, when I'm looking at how bad the defense is and you're like, you're watching like they have good pieces. Like, why is it so bad? Right. Right. It's the totally the guards. Cause I was like, there's gotta be shortcomings from individual players. And it's all of these guards that the Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Horton Tucker, oh, Taylor Horton Tucker, yeah. Colin Sexton. You look, I went and looked at all of their defensive plus minus. Um, Jordan Clarkson is a minus 3.6 second worst on the team. Worst of anyone who plays significant minutes. Colin Sexton's a minus 2.5, third worst of anyone who plays significant minutes. Keontae George is minus 2.7. I should mention him too. I'm giving him a pass because he's a rookie. Um, and then Taylor Horner Tucker, who's a minus 0.7, which is actually the fifth best defensive plus minus on this whole team, which should tell you something too. Um, yeah. And when you have players like that, specifically like in that combo guard sort of mold that all three of these guys fit, mm. their offense has to be fireworks for the defense to be that bad and all three of these guys are shooting low 40s or under 40 percent from the field so that trade-off i think that's like you know from an armchair like looking at it at home that's got to be in my mind what the coaching staff is observing and is like making these changes where it's like hey you don't get to go chuck 15 shots a game and also not try on defense for a team that's lost six straight that's not going to fly Right. Which I appreciate. Take some clues here, Monty Williams. <laughs> <laughs> like I the the coaching staff and they 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 prove it last year. Like they're they're a staff that should be trusted. They get a lot out of their players. They were the like overperforming team of the first half of last season before they started to tank a little bit more. So like they should be playing like that in my mind. The team hasn't really changed all that much. So it's it's gotta just be effort. And I think that yeah. it'll change. It's going to change. I imagine this is a team, like I said earlier, that will be a perfectly decent 10-11 seed. You know, not yeah. because they're bad. That's just where they're at right now. Right. And also just how hyper-competitive the West is. Yeah, um, true. You know, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of... I. It's a lackluster team in a sense that no name is really going to stick out to you if you're not like an advent of VA fan. I'm going to be honest. And where I hope that there's like effort on defense, like I've said, Ugbaji, and you know, maybe some other players kind of come up. Like I've always seen Jordan Clarkson will always be a negative on defense. I like at least how Colin Sexton tries, but God damn it, it's like not really working. And Taylor Horton Tucker too. Because at least with Sexton, especially with um, the game on the win with the Pelicans while he was on the floor, he made some big shots, but also he was really trying on defense. Um, and of course, he still gets blown by. It's like whatever, but at least I can definitely see the effort and the communication out there on the floor. So... Yeah, we'll kind of see how that goes. But for the most part, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't really have any crazy feelings about um, the Jazz for the most part. I think they're, they're probably one of the most like mediocre teams and kind of boring teams to watch up to this point. Um, and I think the sexiest thing that could happen is, yeah, the transition defense gets a little better. But I would love to see just like, 
Walker Kessler when he's healthy. Just get fed a little bit more. Feed yeah. that big I boy. I want to see him starting. I want to see him playing like yeah. 28 to 32 minutes a game. Because, he, dude, he's he's a good player. Yeah, dude. I mean, he could be a 15 and 12 guy. Easy. You know what I mean? He's just... It, Dude, it's just so nice, and I'm just like, uh, you know, I know, I know it's it's a guard driven league, but incorporate the big boy a little yeah. bit, you know, when it and, happens. And one last thing that I'll mention before we kind of close this is, I know me and you when we like uh, when you were over at the beach and and we were watching all the the rookie stuff before the draft last year, yeah, like all the the kind of scouting tapes and whatnot, and we saw Taylor Hendricks, and we were like, holy fuck, yeah, like, this guy's crazy. He has only played like one game so far. He's been with the G League team. And it seems like kind of disappointing even with the G League team so far. So hoping that he was going to be raw coming in, but you didn't think this raw. So hoping that he gets some things figured out because if he is anywhere close to like what, what me and you saw and like what was advertised coming out of the draft, like he could be a very important piece for them as well. So I hope that that comes to fruition. Freak athlete, man. God damn. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I was kind of sad to see it, but like, then again, I feel like that's kind of like what's been happening for a lot of rookies. Dude, it just happens. Like sometimes you're slower to adjust, right? It's like, yeah, it's anything. It's a new career. It's a new life, right? So new city, all that shit. Mm -hmm. So I've Mm -hmm. got, I'm giving all, I give like, I'm trying to give all the rookies a pass, like with that sort of shit. I agree. I agree. All right, man. Let's see. We have 26 teams left. Utah Jazz chapter is closed. Oh, thank God. Let's see who we get. And like I said, hey, fingers crossed for like a team in the hunt for the end season tournament. That'd be fucking sick. Spin cycle. Put him in the spin cycle. Denver Nuggets. Oh, wow. Okay. So I believe they're already eliminated from the end season tournament. Yeah. But. I'm down. I'm down to watch. Always down to watch the Nuggets. Joker. So. You're down to watch Joker just make the league look like it's a bunch of fucking children, dude. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and find some crazy, crazy Jokic stats to to share. From the next I feel time. like he's always breaking some kind of advanced metric or something. That's find, just. I'm not gonna like cherry pick it. I want him to be like just generally crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like. But that's a good one. Hey, first, that's like our first. I know you mentioned the magic; they were they weren't performing well when we when we right. had them. But it's like our first truly like contender that we've gotten so far in this in this bit. Dude, Jokic, of dude, this man is averaging twenty eight, fourteen, and nine right now. <laughs> dude, it's crazy. The like fuck? what the? I know. Oh, dude, he's averaging a steal a game too, and almost a block a game. That's cr- dude. Yeah. So, hey, we're God. in for a treat. We're in for a treat. Yes. I don't know what, who they're playing or anything. I'm sure they'll have at least one national game. Uh, so, let me see. Let me see. I can actually pull it up real quick. They're gonna be playing. Um, we're gonna be able to watch. Let's see. They're gonna play the Clippers, Houston, Phoenix, Sacramento. That's actually some pretty awesome games to watch this week. And those are Phoenix some teams should be good. that... Sacramento should be good. Houston, a little Sangoon, a little baby Jokic versus Jokic. Yeah, All right, hell yeah, dude. All right, that'll be good. Yes, sir. That'll be good. Um, yes, sir. So yeah, let's, let's close this down, man. We're coming right up on the hour mark. That's perfect. We'll hit, we'll hit Boban of the week, Carl Weezer of the week, and we will dip. Yeah. So let's, let's fly through these. 
Uh, I'll start. I'll start this week. I think you started last week. Yeah. My Bobon of the week has to go to the Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant. Mm. Just playing like an MVP. Like we touched on it for a second earlier, but the guy's been playing out of his mind. And like I, I feel like I needed to to give him some flowers because I was giving him some shit before the season started. That the old Kevin Durant was kind of like gone. Mm. That the prime KD wasn't really here anymore. We did talk about that at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Holy he's shit! So he's so good. Yeah, he's, he's shooting like a career high. Because like, it's not he's even like a he's career high. Better three. shots. He's just making the crazy ones that he was always taking. Now, right? Sick. Right. Who's your uh, bobon of the week, good sir? So my bobon of the week is not NBA related. Ooh. This uh, this is something that I've been against for a very long time. But it's actually a, it's a tool, guys. I have to make this announcement. Um, my Boban of the week is a bidet. <laughs> I tried one for the first time today. And? and, dude, it was like spiritual enlightenment. Like, it you was like that cold so water crazy. running down your ass crack? It was hot. It was That's nice. crazy. That's nice. And um, I guess at my work, every single toilet, has a bidet. And uh, I was nervous, but I was like, you know what? You only live once, right? And now I know what I want for Christmas. Uh, and <laughs> I just had to let it out there, man. It was, it was nerve wracking, man. Like, you know? Dude, I was I'll be honest. Like I was, when, when we uh, did our trip to Europe earlier this year, they were in like okay. every hotel room that we had. And <gasps> I tried I tried to use it and I just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> just a button. No, these were different. Oh, they were different. They were like, it was like there were two toilets in the bathroom. One was the toilet, and then there was, it was like a standalone bidet, I think is what they're called. I see. It wasn't like a little attachment on the toilet. I see. So. Oh. Oh, it wasn't? Because yeah. all of mine had, dude, they had like settings and shit. Like, no, I know there's like fancy ones like that, but this was like, this was a purely analog. <laughs> <laughs> And just turn the faucet on. I couldn't even get it to go hot. So, and it was like, it's not like there's a toilet seat on it. So I didn't, right. I don't know, dude. I was like crouching over this thing, <laughs> like trying to get it to work. And it was so, the water was cold. So I was just like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't, dude. It was crazy. There was like this oscillate, dude. They had like the oscillating, the movements. Like it was just, I was like, this is dude, like, you're going to be spending your whole lunch ever. break on the, on the shitter. Dude, I was thinking about maybe going into work five minutes early just to sit on it, dude. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just to get I'm, a little spray down? Yeah. Get a little clean dude, up? Yeah. Just before the shift, get, you know? Get all the dingleberries? It's, yeah. It's like, it's like two <laughs> shots of espresso, you know? You just go in refreshed. But yeah, I just had to let that out there, guys. I, I've officially converted. Um, I love it. changed it. my life. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I know, right? I know, dude. But I had to. Um, I had to let the world know. Carl Weezer of the week. Okay. I kind of already let mine loose earlier on accident. So mm, that's I won't go in all the detail again, but I had right. the Detroit Pistons organization just uh, in general. Ah. Uh, I just the fact that you don't win for a whole month and 
it's just a dumpster fire. It's tough to watch, especially right. as they are my adopted Eastern Conference team. It's been it's been bleak, man. They have won they have won nineteen games since I adopted them as my team. That is that's over. They've played over almost a hundred games in that period, and they have won nineteen. It's bad. Yeah, that's real tough. That's real tough. I'm sure you know what. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, man. You you do have pieces there, so that's all you can hope for. Nineteen and eighty-one, I believe, since the start of Jesus the last season. Jesus fucking Christ! Oh my god, <laughs> that's, dude. So that's really bad. Yeah. Okay, who you, who you got for your your Carl, dude? My Jimmy's mom type of dude right over here. Uh, Patrick Williams of the Chicago Bulls. It's a good one, dude. You were talking all that crazy stuff. Remember, he wants a contract and it's not 20 mil, right? Let me just hear me out on this because this is like absolutely insane that in his mind, he's a $200 million player. Like I I get irrational confidence. Okay, he's played 17 games and that he's averaging roughly 23 minutes. 6.4 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.2 assists. You're like, okay, whatever. Here's where it gets bad. He's currently shooting 34.3% from the field, 30.6% from three, and he makes roughly two field goals a game. If that is a $200 million guy, the league's fucked. Um, and... I, I remember when Patrick got drafted in Chicago that year and everyone was surprised, right? But we all thought, okay, Patrick has like a lot of versatile defensive, like he's a, he's a versatile defender. He's super young. If we can cultivate him in a winning culture, maybe things could work out. This is looking like an absolute bust of a pick. Um, and I, I think it's completely fair to say that Chicago does not have an amazing track record at all for drafting ever since the Jordan era. At like 2000s onwards, I mean, other than Rose, right? Like who, who else, right? And the fact that they bombed and now that they're mediocre is just the worst place to be right now. I think Chicago is like literally in purgatory and yeah. uh, it, it's, I, I, it just sucks, dude. It just sucks for them. You know, we gotta, we'll maybe uh, next week, maybe we'll be talking in season tournament and possible Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan trades. Oh, I would love to. I would yeah. love to. Yeah. Free those guys, man. Are, are, are we keeping one, Vucevic there? The Bulls. The Bulls might actually be a bigger dumpster fire than the Pistons just because they were trying to be good right now. Fucking, it's fucking crazy, man. I mean, Bad, man. it sucks when I love Caruso to death, but if that's your fucking highlight, him hitting three, three corner, you know, corner threes, <laughs> shit, man. Dumpster fire, dude. Yeah. So, well, uh, we'll close it out on that. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yes, two shit organizations right now yeah but yeah. uh yeah good episode man that was i feel like uh we we, we uh, close it out strong episode 49 in the books yes, sir. thank you all for listening cheers have a good one
Cheers. Cheers.